Welcome to another episode of Catalyzing Radical Systemic Change, where it's all about discovering, mapping, and cross-pollinating what I think are the necessary building blocks towards a planetary civilization ahead. So today's broad topic are digital nomads. And when we just look at the bare numbers, they're kind of hard uh, to quantify, but it's, it's definitely in the, in the dozens uh, of millions in the United States alone. And some forecasts predict that in less than uh, a decade, we will have somewhat a billion people uh, living that digital nomad lifestyle. And whatever which of the rabbit holes and agendas you believe in, certainly COVID was a moment when a lot of people left their countries of residence and, and started alive basically where they wanted, right? In a microclimate they wanted, with people they wanted. And with all the secondary effects that come with that, be it Ubud or Tulum or Mazunte or San Cristobal de las Casas, is we see a lot of second order effects, which basically is uh, as an incredible rise of the housing costs and, and actually a lot, also a lot of people that are originally from these countries that are really suffering from that because ultimately then they can't really afford anymore to live in these most beautiful places on the planet. So one of my core questions for this conversation uh, today with uh, Dakota Apostolo, uh, one of the co-founders and the CEO of Kuhir is, when I look at the overall market for digital nomads, most of the business models, uh, and I reckon also some of the competitors uh, to, to Cohere, they're basically tackling the niche of social entrepreneurs and digital nomads, but basically simply building another wave of extractive business models. So anyhow, um, I got my uh, bullet points prepared. Dakota, it's really a pleasure uh, to be with you in that virtual room together in different parts of Costa Rica. I'm dialing in from Nozara, you from a different place that I reckon you will share um, some of the background, why you are there and where is it and what are you doing there. So maybe just to start with, I usually invite the people in the podcast to get to know the other. So before we we dive into Cohere and the business model and the tokenomics and whatnot. Dakota, who are you? What made you co-found uh, Cohere? What's your background? Well, thank you so much for having me, Alistair. It's good to be here with you. And yeah, my, my background is largely in architecture. I started training architecture as a young person. I had speech impediments growing up. And so my mother saw that and really, uh, we traveled the world quite a bit growing up and really um, exposed me to the great architectures of wherever we, wherever we were. And so I was very drawn to designing and building things as a child and started formally training in architecture at the age of 12. And that continued to evolve over the years into my practice, into my work. And because I started training very young, I had access and opportunity to, you know, be designing crazy over the top homes, you know, like big, like very, very high end projects. 
And ultimately what that led me to feel, however, is that there wasn't really making the world a better place. Like, yeah, it was cool to do, you know, a Greek villa island, you know, home. But how do we actually do something with the context of radical climate change and social inequality and these huge systemic issues that are threatening the existence of life on the planet? And so I shifted my practice in how do we actually use architecture for social impact? But even the social impact projects we were doing that were, you know, really helping people still felt like a drop in the bucket. Like, okay, we do a refugee farm in Lebanon. We help a thousand people. Great. But we have millions and tens of millions of people in extreme need. And so that really evolved into Cohere, where how do we get at the root economics and how do we systematically design and grow a system where we can affect larger system change? And so that's what really started a, a, a confluence of new economic thinking, or not new, but just economic thinking and architecture for social environmental impact. Before we dive deeper into the underlying architecture and scaffolding of Cohere, I would describe Cohere as like kind of the next level of a digital cooperative. Um, let's start with the name, because uh, out of a name, you know, evolves the branding. Uh, how did you come up with the name of Cohere? Yeah, that's all my co-founder, Devin. He is this incredible brand designer, and he's one of those people that takes extreme care at everything. His chia bowl in the morning is a work of art. <laughs> so he really is the one who came and brought that name in. And what it speaks to is the idea that, you know, there's multiple entendres here, but at the core of it is together we're here. That it's through the superordinate goal that we bridge the divide of the idea of separation. And the other thing is of obviously a coherence, you know, creating coherent fields. And then there's co, like co-work, co-create, co-house. And really, and then also being here and like being here and present and being here now. You know, on a personal note, what motivates us in Cohere is ultimately kind of a deeper philosophy or point of view in life that it's the inner state of being that creates the outer reality for ourselves. And so being here, Cohere is about what does it mean to be present and to let go of the stories enough to actually be aware of it. Oh my God, here, the joy of me working in the jungle here in Costa Rica, always set up this property. Like, oh my gosh, like that's wild. So how do I be here present in my heart at peace and then allow that to affect the physical reality because I'm generating that reality through my inner state of being. So those are some of the layers of the name that um, yeah, I, I really love. As a startup, and when you look at the, let's say, total market, you know, of digital nomads, what's the exact niche that you're focusing on with Cohere? Yeah, great question. Yeah, for us, like, one of the reasons we started Cohere is I was project managing for the Foundation for Humanity, and we're, we've been deeply involved in the impact space for a while, and one of the things we found ourselves getting a little frustrated with is the weekend mastermind. They're great. They're super great. But how do we move into systemic impact? And before we started Cohere, we were looking at, okay, 
how do we do member-owned farm networks? How do we where the where are the flywheels of or you know the trim tap of most effect in a larger system? We're building cohere not for any old digital nomad. There is a subset of us that you're very much part of, of course, of change makers who are coming together. We could call it metamodernists or regenerative, like the regenerates or whatever the heck we call this movement of people who are like, we need to stand up for humanity. We need to stand up for right relations with Mother Earth, with each other, for the dogs here barking. We need to do the work to actually make a, a systemic difference. That's who we're after to house. We're out to create member-owned containers for the change makers and the people who are already living this global citizen lifestyle. Because we believe that if we house those people, it's the conversations at two in the morning around the, you know, the island, the kitchen island, that change the world. That's what we're after. Let's take a broader look into the, into the market, you know? is like Cohere is not the only startup trying to serve digital nomads. So when you compare the underlying scaffolding architecture and the business model of Cohere with the other players out there in the market, how would you describe that? And how do you actually differentiate yourself? The I think the biggest thing that differentiates us from like Selena or Outside is that we're really focused on co-living with a purpose. You know, the it, we like this goes back to the idea of like superordinate goals. Like the research shows that if you're trying to get gangs to move beyond the separation, that's about having them having a bigger purpose. And that is really what we're after. It's co-living with a purpose for local and systemic impact on a bioregional level. We believe that the more we house the change makers and the more we focus on how we can make impact in a local place, the more we can, um, the more meaningful our lives are. And that's most of our, the competitors, so to speak, in the space are really focused on kind of a, they don't, they only hold those ethos that there's work to be done. Like we, yeah. So I would say that's the biggest differentiator really. And then there are people in the space that are doing really great work, like Experience House with Sam and Pablo. They're doing fantastic work, bringing together experience designers for a month at a time. Like they're, we have sister orgs that are doing incredible work in our like Embassy Network or StayDAO or many of these others, we believe are doing incredible work. And we're after how do we knit ourselves together in a larger network? You have the game A mega players like uh, Adam Newman coming in 360, $360 million dollars and really bringing in this uh, more mainstream venture oriented approach. And for us, it's like we need as many regenerative hubs as we can get in the world today in terms of the context of the world. For Cohere, we're doing it in a certain member owned way. And we believe access to equity is the other key differentiator. Our other co-living communities are generally, they don't have really a purpose other than like co-work, co-live. Okay, that's super cool. But for us, it's with a purpose. And then it's also providing the overlay of access to equity. Right now, another crazy systemic issue is that nobody can afford to own anything, can have access to ownership. You know, people are like directing their companies still can't afford a house in the cities. 
And so one of the things we've designed in Cohere is a legally compliant way for members to gain ownership of Cohere if and when they choose to contribute to Cohere. So you want to come live with us? You want to do some branding? We'll pay you your normal wage in equity. You want to come help us like build out the, we're building out six cabins here in Costa Rica. You are an amazing carpenter. Come out, come co-work with us and we'll pay you an equity for, you know, you want to put in a few hours here and there and help out. So member ownership and purpose is really the differentiation and also just an orientation of like, let's do this thing together, guys. Let's, let's network affect this with our sister orgs. I think a crucial component when we now dive deeper into the architecture, the scaffolding, the underlying premises, uh, how you want to build that next level of community-owned membership um, network, so to say, is let's, because you're basically, if I, if I got it right, you're basically putting the equity on a blockchain, right? And can, can you explain that for the listeners, especially those not as tech savvy and not as crypto savvy? Absolutely. It's something that we're, it's our, the, the thing that we're doing that's most different with Cohere, or most innovative, I should say, is that we've tokenized our equity. So we've taken our equity and put it on blockchain. And so our a security is a tradable financial instrument. And it occurred to us very clearly, in my opinion, that the SEC, the U.S. regulators, could any day say that all tokens are securities? And if they were to do that, then much of the crypto market is just radically, radically impacted. And so early on, we decided because we want to take a, a co-op-oriented approach and a co-ownership approach because that's the only way we're going to grow this is everyone needs the fruits of their labor. That's how we grow it, an ecosystem. If we don't have that, then we're really not, we're not, then we're just like a normal capitalistic business. We're not creating the feedback loops where we create the win-wins for the earth, for the members, for the planet. Um, excuse me, the earth, the members, and the larger ecosystem of business. So by taking our equity and putting it on blockchain, will we allow our people to contribute and get ownership and then sell their ownership like they could a stock, but we remain member-owned? And so we're not technically a crypto coin. We're not like we are on blockchain, but most of the crypto market to me is, is very much like fiat, except without the military industrial complex backing the valuation of the paper money. Like although the U.S. The Treasury is continuing to print trillions of dollars and drop the and like drop the value of the dollar, you still have the most powerful country in the world and their military backing and the whole oil industry backing it. So what we're doing is because there is a systemic, another systemic issue is that when you invest in a company, it's very hard to get your money out. You may be able to get cashed out between rounds, but largely shareholders are waiting for an acquisition. So all the shareholders are incentivized to you know, wait until the monopoly, the wait till Google comes in and buys it out at this crazy valuation because only they have that kind of stockpile of money or lending capacity or borrowing capacity. So shareholders are completely incentivized to just sell out to the monopoly 
furthering the consolidation of everything into a few hands. Whereas like BlackRock now owns 10% of the world's real estate. You know, Bill Gates owns how much of the farmland? Like the big wealth pools can just acquire and nobody else can. 